I was listening to this cat last night from 4 to 6 on the Wisco Sports Show. We welcome in the highly entertaining Grant Bills. Grant, good morning. Good morning, Evo. Do you listen with your wife, by the way? I have some listeners that listen as a couple, and I always have found that interesting. Do you listen solo, or do you sit down and listen with your wife? Grant, um, I'll be full disclosure here. My wife literally does not give one single crap about any sporting event at all. She does not give... <laughs> Uh, like an iota of crap. So no, I do not listen with my wife. But, but Grant, I'll force her to listen sometimes. And after about ten minutes, she goes, "Can we change it?" I'm like I can't change my yeah, guy yeah. bills. I can't change my guy grab bills. Well, no, I I understand that, and I'm jealous of you. Uh, one for having a wife and a significant other. Period. But two for <laughs> for having for having a significant other that isn't into sports. Uh, I, I've, my mom has brought this up with me a couple times. She's like, "You need to find a lady who's into sports." And I was like, "You know what? I don't think I, I don't think I do. Well, Grant, I don't think I want. I don't want that." I, I have a question. I have a question for. I have a question for you. Yes. Have you found a lady to listen to sports together with? No, I don't want that. I don't. That oh. does not sound. That doesn't sound fun. I don't want to do more sports. Have you found I any ladies like, to have a professional conversation with? No. This see no, we're not doing this this morning. It's too early. Okay, well, I was, I, I, Grant, I was just curious. That's all it was. <laughs> all right, Grant Bills, uh, I listened to you last yes. night well, without my wife. I was listening to you last night, and you were uh, having a pretty funny conversation um, to your loyal listeners and yourself. You know, it's a one man show over there about mm-hmm. uh, light beer and liquor. Um, about you know comparing it to the Milwaukee Brewers, and after last night's yeah. game against the Chicago Cubs, I needed light beer and liquor just to mm-hmm. ease my sorrows over what's going on as they lost again. What is up with the sticks for the crew, and should we be concerned? I remember last Thursday how excited I was about this team, and then over the last four days, they've just slowly sucked the life back out of me. Like this stinks. They can't score runs. It feels exactly like last summer. The games aren't really that entertaining because they're always playing from behind, and you don't have any faith that they're going to be able to string a couple of hits together to come back. I No, I don't think we should be worried, but it's it's a bummer. Like, it's frustrating. Um, now, if they yeah. fall to, you know, 2-8, and 2-9, and 2-10 and ten or something like that, well, yeah, that I'm, then I'm going to get concerned. Right now, what are we, four games in? So it's, it's not the end of the world, yeah. but it's, it's a bummer watching Yelich struggle. Watching Shira struggle, especially. Mm. God, that guy, he needs to be a hitter. Like we've been told for years, a man can hit, the man can hit. Well, I'd like to see the man hit. I would I would enjoy that. That would be good for the Brewers' offense. I would like that. And Great. yes, I, yes. I, yes would also, I would also like to see that man hit because uh, I don't yeah. think he has one yet. No. I, I, no, he has, no, he doesn't. Isn't he over? He's yeah. taking the collar so far? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he advanced some runners via an error against the the Twins in the first game. That's about it. I compared the Brewers' offense to to light beer, and I compared the other offenses they played to liquor drinks. Because you you can get the job done drinking light beer after light beer after light beer, but you're not going to win a lot of games that way. You're not really going to reach peak party level that way. You you know you're going to spill some, and there's going to go pee a lot. You're going to go pee a lot. Thank you, Ebo, and I. I've said on my show, as someone with a, a shy bladder, I don't want to deal with that at shy big, packed, heavy bars. That's that's <laughs> an extra level of stress for me. Liquor <laughs> drinks, much more efficient. All right, give me give me some doubles, give me some home runs, give me. I don't want sack Grant, flies. Just do it on the rocks like a man. Things. That's what I've been doing lately, baby. You just here's Grant. Uh, I've yeah. A couple of years ago, actually, when the COVID first happened and everything shut down, I'm like, I don't even want beer anymore. I'm just going straight liquor. Grant, the yeah. Corbell Brandy uh, Manhattan. You do brandy, 
Two parts brandy, one part sweet vermouth, and a splash of bitters. It's booze, booze, and booze. That's what you need, Grant. Get some hair in those balls of yours. Let's go. You're a Corbell man. My dad's a Corbell man, and I, I have an appreciation for Corbell uh, in that way. I'm recently back on the rum, Evo. Happy to report because <laughs> what Sailor Jerry's? What well, kind of rum? 151. Well, well, no. When I was when I was in college, that was the first drink we ever had, and it was like, oh, rum. This is good. But I had too much of it, so I had to take a couple. Like I kind of got gross. But recently, I've found myself reaching for a rum drink here and there, and that's been kind of fun. Get that's, on the bourbon. Nice. Get on the bourbon. Get on the whiskey. Just, just, just like one ice cube, a nice or two if you want. You know, just straight up, dude. Normally, I'm I've been a whiskey guy the last couple years. I like just whiskey and ice. That's a very efficient. You want to talk yeah. about efficient ways? Yes. Like efficient ways to score runs, just liquor and ice. No filler, no bubbles, exactly. nothing. And that's what the Brewers cannot do, and it's frustrating. All right, Grant Bill's joining us right now the Wisco Sports Show, also uh, aficionado in rum and drinking now. Grant, uh, let's move to the Milwaukee Bucks, going again, what, for their fourth win in a row as they continue on their West Coast road trip. The Warriors tonight, the Warriors have been just stinky lately, by the way. Uh, Nine o'clock yeah. tip. I did see uh, your awesome Twitter account at Wisco. Grant, you said, happy birthday, Jesus. By the way, happy belated Easter. And on the same day of, of, of you know, you celebrating Jesus, I don't know if it's his birthday or not, but Grant, Drew Holiday signed. Christmas is his birthday. Well, this is, his tweet says, happy birthday, oh. Jesus. So it was humor. It, was, it was humor. Both these guys over humor. here don't like when I joke around sometimes. But Grant, Milwaukee star guard Drew Holiday and the Bucks agreed to a four-year max contract extension, 160 mil. How good is this for the, the Bucks? Well, I, I mean, they didn't, Why did they you say really happy birthday, ha- Jesus? Well, I, I, I was like, ah, great. you know, it's, it's humor. It's like, oh, look, Grant's an idiot. He doesn't even know what Easter is. You know, it's, well, I got ah, these two guys you know. in here. Well, yeah, I can laugh at myself. You know, I can I can have self-deprecating humor, so that was a little bit of that. I don't know, and you, you'll understand this. I sometimes just feel the need to tweet just to prove to people that I'm paying attention to what's going on. You know, there's a certain credibility booster. Well, see, Grant, once you get a little older, sorry to interrupt, once you get a little older, you don't realize you don't have to prove anything to anyone. You just go out there and kick ass. No, and I, and I haven't reached enlightenment in the way that you have. So I look forward to one day reaching that point. But as of right now, I'm well. Start drinking, start drinking uh, Corbell Manhattan's. You know, reach enlightenment real quick. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that that would probably boost the process <laughs> if I drank like you and lifted weights and do everything. I mean, you're yep. perfect in basically every possible way. And a hot I, life. I, I Don't love the, the hot wife. holiday extension. Yeah, and and that too. I <laughs> I they really didn't have a choice, right? They traded everything for the man. You got to keep him around. Some people think it's an overpay. I mean, if you watched him on Saturday, he took over that game. He was everywhere defensively. He was scoring all different ways. So I, I think Drew is the guy that they've wanted alongside Giannis, right? The guy who could, in theory, do it by himself if Giannis gets stopped by the defense or if Giannis is, you know, out like he was on Saturday. I think the Bucks have been looking for a player like that, and they finally found one. So, yeah, retain him. It's going to make the money tight for sure. Um, but having good players is always a good problem to have. All right, Grant, before I let you go, man, with the signing of the Drew Holiday, I mean, they're keeping the cores, what, Giannis, Chris Middleton, you know, Drew Holiday, they got the guys there. Is this enough, though, to put them over the hump to get, let's just do baby steps here, get past the Eastern Conference Finals, get to the Finals? I'm not saying win the Finals, just get to the Finals? Um, they'd, They're not going to be favored, right? They, they would have to play really, really well and probably get a little lucky. Um, but who knows the way the Nets have been going about? Right? Who's to say Kevin Durant isn't injured, and who's to say Kyrie Irving just doesn't just go somewhere for family reasons? <laughs> yeah, right. Like I don't know. It, it could happen. 
So, I mean, that's what happened in 2019 when the Bucks had their, their great chance to win a Super Bowl. The Warriors went down with all these injuries, but they couldn't handle themselves against the Raptors. So, no, to, to answer your question, they're not going to be favored against the Nets, right? They're, they're not the best team, but I think they're good enough to beat the Nets and the Sixers, which is exciting. They're in a good place. So, And they have their, their core locked up for the next couple of years, so they can continue to try and and continue to build. So I like the spot the Bucks are in. Uh, Graham Bills, I do have a little Neil Diamond forever in blue jeans as your outro song. You know, one of the greatest entertainers to ever grace the stage. I think you are throwing your hat in the ring to be a great entertainer uh, on the uh, airwave stage. But will Grant Bills, after Rogers is done, be the next host of Jeopardy? Oh, I would love to be the host of Jeopardy. I think I could do them both. I think I could do the Wisco Sports Show and host Jeopardy, as Aaron Rodgers said. I would not then have time for a relationship like he does with Shailene Woodley, but I could do both jobs. Grant, we appreciate your time. And when uh, that guy last night in final Jeopardy asked Rodgers like, who decided to kick that field goal, did you think that was a perfect, perfect response to a question or uh, an answer, I guess, to Aaron Rodgers? Because I think we all were thinking it and wanted to ask him. Is that guy the hero of the week? I mean, if you have an opportunity to write out any question to ask Aaron Rodgers, I think that's a pretty good one, yeah. right? Grant, I thought so. I thought so. We'll check you out tonight from 4 to 6, all right? Have a wonderful day, Evo. You too, brother. And uh, make sure you stay in hold. I'll have Neil Diamond playing you out, okay? Thank you. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> there he is. Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Forever in blue jeans with Bills. All right, 608-321-1670. Twitter is at Zone Madison. Uh, I want to talk more Rogers Jeopardy coming up here. But first, Rowdy, we got to get back to the Brewers. As we're looking at the lineup here, and the lineup for the Milwaukee Brewers is not producing with the sticks. Let's just read it down here. Lead off, Colton Wong, he's batting 154. Keston Hira, the biggest worry, second hole, zero. Christian Yelich, third, 200. Obviously, Al Garcia, 231. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., who hasn't played too much, but he's batting 083. Luis Urias, batting 100. Now, here's a bright spot. Omar Narvaez, batting 455. He hit a home run last night. Orlando Arcia, 0-9-1. Don't care about Brett Anderson. Uh, Daniel Vogelbach, the pinch hitter, zeros. Uh, McKinney, in limited pinch hitting roles, 667. Uh, Daniel Robertson, pitching roles, zero. Uh, then the pitchers don't care. Rowdy. And then the only other guy who I uh, didn't list was Travis Shaw, who didn't play last night. Travis Shaw is batting the best, besides obviously Al Garcia. Uh, I'm sorry, Omar Narvaez. Travis Shaw is batting... 286. Rowdy, are we sh- or should we be getting concerned only being in four games into the season? It's a little concerning since you haven't really seen much of any life, obviously, coming from the Brewers' offense. But if you're a Brewers fan and you can look and see how this team has been constructed, mm. you're going to have to live with games like this and stretches like this. The Milwaukee Brewers are hopefully going to get good enough pitching from the starting rotation, have a good bullpen, but at the same time, they're going to rely on the long ball. And if they don't hit home runs, they're going to struggle to score runs. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Look at look at all the guys that you've mentioned. Uh, it doesn't even matter what they've done this season. Just look at what they've done in their career. Omar Nervaez. I mean, he's a decent hitter. We're talking average-wise with a little bit of pop. Yeah. Obviously, Manny Pena... We know he's a defensive catcher. He's he's not about offense. You look about about some of those guys in their infield. Travis Shaw is a guy that's got some pop. He's like a career 240 hitter. Yeah. You know that's what he is. Vogelbach, again, he's got some pop. 
he's in the career probably around 220. You know what's really confusing about Vogelbach? As I'm listening to the Brewers broadcast, Euchre calls him Vogelbach, and then the other guy in the broadcast calls him Vogelback. I've literally heard it two different both, ways. They're both talking at the same time, and one's referring to his Bach and another's back. I'm like, can we just pick a name here and go with it? I'm going with Vogelbach. Yeah, I heard Vogelbach from when he was back in Seattle. Yeah, and I heard it from Bob Euchre, too, so I'm going to go with what Euchre says. Then you look at, if you look at the rest of the roster on the infield, though, you have Arcia and Urias. Those are two guys that we know used to be able to hit in the minor leagues, but once they got to the higher levels of the minor leagues, like in AAA and then in major, in the major leagues, they've fallen off. So those are also guys that are unproven. Mm-hmm. You have Keston Hira that's been extremely hot and extremely cold, but he's a guy that's got pop. You have Colton Wong. No pop so far. Yeah, you have Colton Wong, who's been this, a 260, 280 hitter. Who was crushing in spring training, hitting all kinds of leadoff home runs. But it's not like he's a guy that's you're ready to throw out there and say he's going to bat 300. Then yeah. you move to the outfield. Jackie Bradley Jr. has never been a great hitter. He he's always been a, a big-time defensive player. Lorenzo Kane has his best days behind him. He's on the wrong side of uh, 30 on this one, and obviously he's just not the same player he was a few years ago. Yeah. Avisel Garcia, again, is like a 250-ish hitter with pop. Christian Yelich is the only guy up there that is a guy that has pop and consistent average outside of last season. The team wasn't constructed to hit 300. There are very little players actually on this roster that have the ability to hit 300. Well, I mean, if that's how the Brewers are constructed, what the hell are we going to do? You're going to have to live and you're going to have to live and die on the long ball. I mean, just look at it. Even when they don't hit home runs, they're going to not score runs and they're not going to win games. When they do get hot and everyone's firing on all cylinders, they're going to win a lot of games. Look at when Kes, uh, not Keston. Well, you Hira. said it yesterday when Keston Hira is on, though. Let's say Keston the play along. Let's say Keston Hira gets on. He has the ability to carry a team for about a month. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going in 2018. Remember when all of a sudden it was about halfway through the season and Christian Yelich just went on a monster tear yeah. and the Brewers started winning like almost every single game. Mm-hmm. He can carry a team by himself for a month. Keston can gets do that. Hot. Keston Hira did that his um, rookie season when he, what was that, in June or July when he got really hot. Mm-hmm. He carried a team for like a month. You have these players that can do that just right now. None of them are really firing on all cylinders. No one's <laughs> hitting the baseball. But again, it's four games in. It's now true. They, they have 158 left. But Which it is, is true, concerning Rowdy. because you'd like to get off to a good start. Exactly. You want to get off to a good start because how many times have we seen the Brewers at the end of the season either need 163 games or miss the playoffs by one game well, you or can't, squeak in by one game? You can't lose a division at the beginning of the season. Or sorry. You, you can't, can't win it. I've messed that up. Yeah, you can't win a division at, in early in the season. But you can lose it. The Brewers just have to, when they're playing like this, they just at least have to tread water. So you got to find some wins somewhere. They're not even, I don't even think they're, tre- I feel like they're drowning. But you go look at it, Rowdy. Okay, opening day, they win 6-5. to five. The first two runs come in what? It's Travis Shaw walking in a run because the bases were loaded. And was it a Urias single or a little blooper? I forget what it was. But it was 2-5 two, it was two to five going into the ninth inning. And then the mayor of Ding Dong City, Travis Shaw, gets that double, which was a nice hit from him. And then Christian Yelich, the guy, uh, whoever was in the outfield, almost like he caught the ball, but then he dropped it. And then Yelly, by chance, well, brings another run. They tie it, then they win it in 10. Also with look an extra runner on base and the Also extra look at the level of competition that the Brewers are going to be playing in April. You just finished a three-game series with the Minnesota Twins, who were a playoff team last year. 
You just started a series on the road with the Cubs, who were a playoff team last year and should still relatively be all right. Then you go to the Cardinals, who is the odds-on favorite to win the Central. Cubs again. Then you have the worst team you'll see all month with the Pirates. Then you're playing the San Diego Padres, Padres, who had the third-highest win total coming into the season. And the Cubs again. Cubs again. Then the Marlins, who don't, who oh my let's God. not forget, look they, at this. Yeah, let's not forget they made the playoffs. And then you have the Dodgers, who are projected to be the best team in baseball. And then you have the Phillies, and then the Marlins, and the Cardinals, then the Braves, and then you don't get ease up to the Royals in middle May. Yeah, so the the, Holy Brewers, God. the Brewers are extremely playoff team top heavy in these first couple months. So. It's understandable, especially when they're playing like they are, if they don't have the greatest record because they're not the best team in baseball. There's no doubt about that. They're a team that's going to be hopefully in contention for a wild card. But when you start out with that type of schedule and you're not performing, the losses will stack up. All right. So, Roddy, let's go through this. You uh, just went against the Twins. The Twins, um, I'm just, I went to 538. They just released their newest 2021 Major League Baseball predictions and they rank them from best record to worst. So let's see here. We started with the Twins. The Twins right now, one, two, three, four, five, have projected for the fifth best record in baseball. Uh, then you go right now. We have the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs are below the. Where are the Cubs at? The Cubs are all right, lower on the list. The Brewers. Let's see, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Sixteenth best record projected wise are the Cubs. And then after that, so you have middle of the road. Middle of the road. Then you have the Cardinals, and the Cardinals are actually two below. Wow. Two below the Cubs, but many predict them to win the NL Central. But then, here you go, the Cubs again, the Pirates were the worst, and then the Padres. The Padres are predicted to have the third best record at 94-68, and 68. and then the Cubs again, like you said, and then the Marlins, who are, oof, they're down there. But then you get the Phillies and the, or the Dodgers and the Phillies, the Marlins, the Cardinals, the Braves, who are all up there. This is a juggernaut of a schedule for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, the first two months are tough. But just like the old saying in baseball is, it all evens out. Yeah. So you're going to have tough months like the first two, and then it, it gets a little lighter. Like when you look at, I don't know, months like July, or if you look at months like... Um, September. I mean, some of these months do ease up a little bit, but it's going to be a tough two months. And plus, that's not an excuse, especially for playing the way you are. Yeah. So right here uh, at 538, I know this is not like the Bible or anything, just so take it with a grain of salt, but they do have the Brewers as the best record in the NL Central. It's the 12th overall at 83-79. and They have the Cubs at 83 and... uh, Oh, my God. I'm just kidding. They all... Brewers are at 83 and 79. Then they have the Cubs at 83 and 79. Then the Reds at 83 and 79. The Cardinals at 81 and 81. And then the Pirates, it doesn't matter. They're 64 and 98, dead last. But they give the Brewers the highest percentage of making the playoffs at 37%. But all of the other ones besides the besides the Cardinals and the Pirates have the same record. So Coogsy Bear tweets in Alex. It's going to be a, a wild one in the NL Central. With a good point. He goes, how much are we paying... Jackie Bradley Jr. to be platooned. It's a joke. How can you get in rhythm if you only play once every three days? Council plays too much on analytics. I mean, he's not wrong. Well, that's the thing. That's what baseball is becoming. And I mean, I know we have listeners like Tom that calls in and talks about small ball. Well, I'll say this. The baseballs and fundamentals in baseball is a thing of the past. It's all about big guys that can hit the ball 400 feet 
and guys that can throw the ball 100 miles an hour. And basically, you're okay with a guy striking out 200 times if he can hit you 40 home runs. The the days of choking up on a baseball bat outside of Joey Votto are dead. <laughs> the days of cutting down your swing when there's two strikes are dead. Look at Keston Hira. There's no oh, cutting yeah. down on that swing. The days of, uh, I don't know, working counts and or on did the you other say, hand. Did you say bunting? I was going to get there. Sorry. But yes, apologies. Taking pitches and or swinging at good pitches, they're dead. Uh, bunting, you just said it. Sack bunts. Dead. Dead. D-U-N, done. I mean, going the other way with a pitch, it's dead. It's. Th- this is what bothers me. You talk about people that are like, oh, they need to get rid of the shift. They need to get rid of the shift. No. You should be able to play however you want to play in the field. Yeah. Guess what? Make make sure the batters are at least a, a good hitter so that, oh, if they're uh, pitching me this way and they're they're out there positioned this way, why don't I take the b- baseball the other way? It's called beating the shift. Once you become an actual good professional hitter, not just this, uh, I'm going to call him like a... A home run derby champion? Yeah, home run derby champion or a glorified softball hitter. Yeah, and you can beat the shift. Go the other way and beat the shift, even if you have to lay a bunt down. Do it. Isn't then it they called won't- being a professional athlete? Then they won't be able to uh, shift on that on you like that. It's it's frustrating because so many of the basics are no longer there in baseball, and it's all because of the analytics. And yeah. well, if the guy gets on base and he slugs a lot of home runs, yeah, but it's Sign crappy him. baseball to watch. Look at what you've watched for the Brewers. You absolutely hate it when times are bad, but you love to see the long ball when times are good. So you have to. Take the good with the bad because you're not playing Oof. fundamental baseball anymore. Oof. And I'm not saying you need to go out and bunt all the time, but I'm just saying the little things, like hitting the ball to the opposite. Well, the analytics field. say we shouldn't bunt here even though blah, 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 blah. We should just go hit a dinger. All right. Well, good luck with that. Ch- choking up or, or uh, cutting down on your swing with two pitches. Bunting a little bit here and there. How about stealing bases? Man. All right. We'll keep talking about some brewers. As right now, man. You tough. don't see really any of that in today's game. With the Baylor Bears winning last night over Gonzaga, ending their perfect season, Baylor gets their first national title. I just had the uh, the Twitter poll. Brewers fan, Brewers fans, sorry, Wisconsin basketball fans. Does it make you feel better that the Badgers lost to the eventual champions in the Baylor Bears? I voted no, but and Rowdy, you voted no too, right? I voted no too. We are in the minority here. 60.7% voted yes. It does make them feel better that the Badgers lost to the eventual champions in Baylor. I don't I don't know about that, dude. I don't know about that. Wisconsin had their opportunities. It was they both scored 34 points apiece in the second half. It was the Badgers who in the nation one of the best teams at taking care of the ball, not turning it over, and they coughed it up. 9 times in the first half, and that was the demise for the Badgers, was the turnovers. And they still played a good game. They played what? What did you dub it, Brody? A B-plus game? Yeah, that's what I gave it. I think uh, our sports director, Zach Heilprin, gave it a B. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a valiant effort. It wasn't like it was against the North Carolina Tar Heels. That was an A-plus game with extra credit because, yeah, <laughs> made Roy Williams retire. But, yeah, it was uh, – I know we've talked about this before. If they play that game ten times, the Badgers do against the Baylor Bears, how many times do they win? What did we say, maybe once? Yeah, maybe once. Baylor I mean, is Baylor's just, just good. clearly better. They are good. Good. All right, so go get your vote on. Um, and you can call it in 
1670. Okay, Rowdy, so as um, the Brewers, the game was unfolding last night against the Chicago Cubs, I noticed some things on Facebook, some things on Twitter. And it was after that inning where Brett Anderson gave up a bunch of a bunch of home runs, and the Cubs put four. Which, by the way, Brett Anderson didn't look great. But you take away that one fourth inning, yeah, he was. He good. didn't look bad. He no. literally just missed his spot so much in that one inning, and the Cubs took advantage of it. Now, granted, it was a, a two run shot and two solo shots. Yeah, it was four. It was a lot of home runs. They got four runs, but they had three home runs, and. Outside of that one little snapshot inning, Brett Anderson looked fine. Well, I mean, that's the thing. The Brewers pitching has looked pretty good for the most part. The one thing that irked me, it was our first time seeing, seeing Devin Williams last night. So Devin Williams, who oh. had, a, what, a .038 ERA last year. It was like you needed a microscope to see it. Friggin' Eric Sogard. Nerd power. Eric Sogard, former friend of the Milwaukee Brewers, comes in and um, what did he? Was it a triple off of friggin' Devin Williams, and then he got some runs in? Well, here's the thing: I don't even care what happened last night when Devin Williams got into the game. One, because it's a game in which Devin Williams shouldn't be pitching in. Yeah. But two, you had to get him in there because he's been inactive for over a week now. Yeah. So you had to get him in there just so he could get some work in against live hitters. But it's not a spot you actively want Devin Williams pitching in. So they're already losing four nothing when do, he came in. Does it surprise me that that Devin Williams struggled a little bit or didn't have his stuff? No, not at all. Because to be completely honest, kind of expect that when you haven't pitched in over a week. Yeah, it's been a while, and ugh, it just had to be Eric Sogard, freaking nerd power dude, who gets a triple, and, and that's what brought in the uh, the fifth run. For the Chicago Cubs. But okay, so as I'm scrolling through, it was that fourth inning when when the four runs went up for the Cubbies off of Anderson. And I saw a, a listener of the show. He's a very passionate individual when it comes to Wisconsin sports. And his solution is always fire people. <laughs> uh, the fire council hashtag already came out last night. And I saw it not only from him, but from a couple people. So I saw the fire council hashtags coming out. You saw... I also saw fire a little bit of fire council, but a lot of fire Andy Haynes, the hitting coach. The hitting coach, which we were, not we as in Rowdy and I, but a lot of people last year were under that guise because the Brewers offensively of the sticks last year was abysmal. Uh, and the hitting coach before him. Coles. Yeah, he did pretty well. Didn't he go to the, or what did the pitching coach go to the Reds? Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. Rowdy. Andy Haynes in the Fire Haynes uh, hashtag is starting to be float out there. This is, I don't know how long of a leash he has because last year was so bad when it comes to the sticks, but that's something I think is more prevalent than the fire. Stop with the fire council stuff. Not happening. And what's the other uh, little drama you saw unfold on the interwebs? Well, I thought well, Brewers we'll, are doomed. Yeah, basically the season's already over. Yeah, it's a long season. First off, we'll start with council because it'll be the easiest one to address. I no. messaged in our little group chat between uh, you, RJ, and myself yeah. that Craig Council's a great manager, dot, 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 until he starts pulling pitchers early. Then we disagree. Which which you can go see, and I mean, case in point, the NLCS against the Dodgers pulling pitchers early. But f- overall, Craig Council can't be too upset with them. He's a, I he's, think he's a phenomenal He's a guy manager. that's done extremely well with Milwaukee and the rosters that he's been given over his career. I will say when he gets too dived into the advanced analytics, it gets a little annoying, but that's, that's like you said last segment, that's baseball now. And then you get to Andy Haynes, though. Oof. 
And there were people calling for Andy Haynes job last year in the shortened 60 game season. I get where they're coming from because since Andy Haynes took over in 2019, Mm. there's been a lot of guys that have struggled and struggled mightily. Mm. Now we've seen some of those guys go other places and turn it around. We've seen some of those guys go other places and not turn it around. So, Mm. I mean, it's a mixed bag, but 2019, the Brewers still had a a pretty good offense and a pretty good team. Obviously, you lost some players. You had to change it up. 2020 was a a different uh, cast of players, but the same hitting coach. They were absolutely awful. 2020, I mean, we talked about it. They were one of the worst offensive teams in baseball. They're awful. And now you see what they look like through four games. They're averaging less than three runs a game. The guys are kind of swinging the bat for the most part like they did in yeah. 2020. Ugh. It starts to raise some questions. It does. Okay, so with the Andy Haynes, the fire the Haynes stuff is out there. Um, I think that one's... I think that's the most prevalent I'm one. not saying that he should be fired, Same. but I'm saying that's valid. That's a valid but argument. That's the valid. one... You know, that's the one that's getting the most... Um, okay, so what if it's... Like mid- a swear jar. You know, a swear jar, you put the coins in for swearing. That's the one you look at the Brewers' problems. Like, the most coins put in a jar would be the Haynes one, the hitting one. If you... If the Brewers still look like this and it's mid-June, what are you thinking? I... I, I would we, feel, like, like how they're playing right now? Yeah, if they, if they continue to look like this where it's live or die on the home run, you got a ton of guys batting below 230 and maybe one guy swinging the bat well. Um, my first thought would be, can Major League Baseball expand the playoffs even more to get the lower teams in so the Brewers could be four in a row? But other than that, it's, they're doomed. And uh, that <laughs> if it's mid-June and they still are swinging the bats like this and it's the majority of players... Yeah, good luck. Then I then I, they question your bet that you made. Well, yeah. But I am fully <laughs> on the fire Andy Haynes train because that would... Mid-June is almost, if you date back to the 60-game season, that's creeping up on a full year where these guys have absolutely stunk, and it's guys that have had success in the past. And then you go one further to where in that second half of 2019, it seemed like, or sorry, the first half of 2019, the team seemed pretty stagnant until they made a trade or two. Well, how can you, how can you, like, it's not like these guys forget how to hit, right? So there's got to be something. Well, it's like Christian Yelich at MVP. Christian Hero is literally, they brought him up because of his bat. You look at some of these guys, like, they're, the mayor of Ding Dong City is the mayor of Ding Dong City. I know he's about a career 240 batter. That's the thing, though. I had a couple people ask me off. How do you forget to bat? I had a couple people message me because I think this is very interesting. How much do you think a hitting coach actually helps? Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. It's like someone's got to be the fall guy. Well, Darnell Coles, the hitting coach before Andy Haynes, who was the hitting coach from the with the Milwaukee Brewers from 2015 to 2018, was extremely good. And obviously, he went to Arizona. You know, uh, they had the pitching coach in um, oh Derek. I'm blanking on his last name, Johnson. Yeah, that's a power last name right there goes to the Cincinnati Reds. But the thing with that is I lo- I completely well, lost so how much does a hitting thought. coach yeah. how much does a hitting coach ve- like Darnell Coles when you, you have hit. a good one like Darnell Coles, he makes everyone that much better cuz he's consistently working on them, consistently finding little tweaks in their games and their swings. Yeah. So I explained it like this. If you have a hitting coach, how much in my opinion do I think they can make them better? 
Yeah, how much? I think it's kind of like you know when Tom Brady and Drew Brees go to these quarterback coaches mm-hmm. and they they tweak their. Uh, mechanics. mechanics and how they throw the ball or how they hold the ball, all those little tiny yeah. minute things. Your footwork. When, yada, when yada. you're as good as the Tom Brady's, the Drew Brees, and the Aaron Rodgers of the world, they might make you a couple percent better, mm-hmm. which at that high of a level, a couple percent is a lot. Yeah. Well, now, if you're in baseball and you're a couple percent is better, you're, yes. Now that could make you like a, well, in a Christian Yelich. If you have a Darnell Coles in my, my, Opinion: If he makes you two percent better because he's a really good hitting coach, he goes from being a perennial All Star to 2018 and 19 being an MVP candidate. Totally. So he just goes up. Just that two percent brings him up that That's much. Huge in baseball in All Stars. Yeah. Now, when we're talking about, we'll relate this back to quarterbacks. Now, we'll talk about Tim Tebow, or we'll talk <laughs> about Tebow. we'll talk about Lamar Jackson. Two uh-huh. guys that don't have very good mechanics that don't throw the ball well. Yeah. If you get a good throwing coach with them let's say they make them 30 percent better oh obviously, yeah then yeah obviously that's nowhere near the lamar jackson would have been back-to-back mvp yeah, they're nowhere near the christian yelich and tebow would have stayed in the league the t- the tom brady's the drew breezes of the world right but you see a huge gain i think that's where it's the biggest miss is gotcha. where when you don't have a good one you see the guys like the travis shaws you see the guys that are like these Average hitters at best, but when you have a good one, you can see these huge jumps in their totally. game. I think that's where you're missing it the most because I think those type of guys are the guys that get the most, um, we'll say, increase in in hitting in and ability and production yeah. from having a good coach. All right, let's go to the phones quick. Well done, Rowdy. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, bud, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. What's up, my man? Hey, not much. Just a quick question. Uh, one thing I've noticed, even going back to last season, are the Brewers taught not to swing at that first pitch? Because <laughs> there are a lot of good hittable balls on the first pitch. They they just let go, and then it, I feel like they chase the rest. Kyle, that's a thing that has I saw that on Twitter last absolutely night. bugged me since Ricky Weeks. Ricky yeah, Weeks. It just it, I wonder if they're <laughs> taught that or, or what. I know you're trying to work the pitcher and whatnot, but. Man, I just I I'd love to see more guys swing at that first pitch. I know Braun was a good one for that, and obviously Arcia is like the only one on the team that does that now. Well, didn't Keston Hira do that the first game of spring training? The yeah, first Keston Hira's he been taking a lot of good pitches and then swinging at a lot of bad pitches. Well, Kyle, lately. to your point, my God, there's so many brewers like Keston Hira specifically just looks lost at the plate. He, he does. He's uh he, he's he's almost undercorrecting or something on his swing. I I don't know, man. It's it doesn't look natural. Like so, he's over trying. Kyle, let me ask you. I know you're a diehard Brewers fan. Um, are we overreacting, or I mean, it's only four games in? But is this something that we should be concerned about, despite it being no. this early? No, no, they'll get it together, man. It's just uh, growing pains right now. It's hard to watch, to be honest with you. But it is what it is. I mean, once they get it going. You know, all the bandwagon fans will jump back out, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll take it, though. I mean, Brewers need all the money they can get. It may be hard to watch, Kyle, but it's easier to listen here on The Zone, by the way, just to let you know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Kyle, uh, you're a diehard Badger basketball fan as well. Does it make it easier knowing that the Badgers lost to the eventual champions in the Baylor Bears, or is it still kind of painful? It, it eases the pain a little bit, knowing that they actually put up one of the better fights against them. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, we knew, we knew the Badgers weren't going to go far anyways. Yeah. A man can dream, so. though. But, yeah, and then we woke up. Hey, Kyle, always we a pleasure, can. brother. Yeah, I'm dreaming about next year already, so we got <laughs> that. <laughs> right, see you, buddy.
Have a good one. There he is, Kylan Stoughton. Good stuff. Yeah, that uh, comparison with Ricky Weeks, I swear to God, anyone with half a brain could have struck him out. You throw right two pitches right down the middle because he's going to take it, and then if you got a little off-speed slider or curveball, throw it low and outside in the dirt, and you know he's going to fan. Yeah. It, it was the easiest blueprint ever to strike a batter out. Our guy, J.A. Krebs, what's up, Jordan? He tweets at me, Ebo says, Jordan tweets, you guys need to R-E-L-A-X, relax. So last night or late yesterday afternoon, Sir Aaron Charles Rogers, number 12, Packers quarterback, had his first go about in jeopardy hosting. And I got to say, he did pretty damn well for himself. And in fact, at the end, in the final jeopardy segment, there was an incredible, incredible answer given. And the question for Final Jeopardy, it was in reference to a Mr. Rogers speech. And it, I, I forget exactly what it was. But it was uh, about who who gave the speech about giving your best 10 minutes or something like that. It was uh, The answer, I think, was Mr. Rogers. But there was a guy on there's name um, in the Final Jeopardy segment that asked the question I think we all have been wondering about Aaron Rodgers. Like, does he agree with the call that Matt LaFleur decided to kick the field goal, yay or nay? Here you go. We'll listen up. Over to our two-day champion on the end. Scott, did you come up with the correct response? Who wanted to kick that field goal? (laughs) (laughs) That is a great question. Should be be correct, but... uh, Rodgers agrees with him, Rowdy! Fortunately for this, uh, this game today, that's incorrect. Rogers agrees with the guy who who kicked who wanted to kick that field goal. It was Matt Lafleur. It was Matt Lafleur. That's the answer. Yeah, but we all knew that, right? Yeah, we it's just it wasn't Aaron Rodgers' decision to no. take the football out of his hands when they had an opportunity to potentially tie the game. But we never got Rodgers. We never got clear, even though we all did. Knew, you need clarification? No, but even though we all knew Rodgers wanted to because he thought he was in four down territory, he thought he was going to get the ball again on fourth down and you know punch it into the end zone, despite missing the first three times. And then maybe taking that lead and taking down Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I you I just wanted to see and hear Rogers react to something, and this was a perfect opportunity by this guy Scott. And Rogers agrees with him, so yeah. that answer should win. It's it's funny, especially because it's on TV, it's in the Jeopardy setting, and now there's nine more days with this type of potential stuff. But if you look at the interview that he did with uh, Pat McAfee, yep, I'll play that. And that up here. I think was way more telling than you know joking, haha with some comedy about a, a question of whether whose decision it was to kick the field goal in the NFC championship <sighs> game, because that one, we already know the answers to it, yeah, but what we've been searching for answers for, for like pretty much since the end of the Packers season was what are the Packers going to do with the future and Aaron Rodgers, yep. and Jordan love and free agency. And really we've seen that they've restructured pretty much almost every single contract that they can, they haven't touched Aaron Rodgers. And he was the biggest contract that they could touch, rework, and create cap space. Now, I know these shows are already pre-recorded, but I hope someone had the wherewithal to ask Rodgers, if they don't know the final Jeopardy question, to be like, yo, are we going to be restructuring that contract? Well, Rodgers was with Kenny Mayne last Friday, and Rodgers said, it's still, it's, it's not me. 
it's the Packers. Uh, so all those comments coming up. And but then yes. you you talk about that from weeks a week ago or so. And then you look at some of the other things that have occurred when Brian Gutekunst or Mark Murphy have talked to the uh, the media. Yeah. And especially Mark Murphy is the one that goes, <sighs> I can't talk. I can't. We can't talk about that. I can't talk about specific players. But yeah, it was nice to restructure David's contract. Yeah. That it was nice that we could resign. Triggers Aaron Jones, me. It triggers but we me. We can't talk about individual players. Uh, I guess only ones, only individual players that are named Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and that's the, the biggest elephant in the room. So real quick, we have this uh, from cele- or not celebrity from Jeopardy yesterday. Rodgers hosting. I'm gonna play it one more time because it is funny. Scott, did you come up with the correct response? Who wanted to kick that field goal? That is a great question. Should be, should be, should be correct. But uh, so yeah, <laughs> like I'm, like yes, I am laughing about it, but also at the same time, I'm, I'm crying because Matt Lafleur decided to kick the field goal. Why? To talk with you again. Like it's funny, yeah, but it also hurts. Because a vision softly creeping. How many times do we have to go through this? Aaron Rodgers on the precipice of another Super Bowl, and a coach makes a dumbass move. I'm like, I'm starting to compare this uh, (laughs) Brewers Aaron Rodgers saga to like literally an NBA regular season. Packers Aaron Rodgers saga. Yeah, it's like it's just above like an an NBA regular season for me right now. But it's it's getting dangerously close to really. I just don't care until something happens. To me, it brings up the painful memories of, yes, it is funny, tee-hee, who decided to kick that field goal. We all know who decided to kick the field goal. Matt LaFleur. Imagine if you're Matt LaFleur sitting on your couch watching Aaron Rodgers field that question, and he agrees with some random guy in Jeopardy named Scott about how you decided to kick a field goal and not let your MVP try and score on fourth down. See, we've talked about this in the past, though. Jesus. When Aaron Rodgers makes comments like that, he does like the drama. He, he totally does. loves it. He loves he it. He does like the the back and forth of what the media and what fans are saying. I think he definitely secretly likes it. All right, so, Rowdy, you had messaged that to me after the Pat McAvee interview started coming out with Rodgers. And Rodgers was, this was right after I think Rodgers says he wants to be the longtime host. He would be the longtime host of Jeopardy, saying, yeah, I would take that job. And Twitter started to just be ablaze with people freaking out that Rodgers was going to retire from football and then be, you know, the Jeopardy host in honor and carry on the torch of the late Alex Trebek. And you had messaged me, uh, Rodgers is playing this hand perfectly. I, for, I forget exactly what he messaged me. But it was along the lines like, Rodgers loves this drama, but he's calling the Packers bluff, I think is what you said to me. Yeah, I think it was something along those lines I where... Just, I'll just look at my text messages. Uh, you go through what he was saying, and he's saying all the right things about wanting to be in Green Bay. He you know, he wants to be there. He's He's ready to go. And then you look at his actions his actions have only been he wants to be in green bay he wants to play and that's it's just not the same with Brett Favre cuz Brett Favre was wavering Aaron yeah, Rodgers Brett Favre was the one wavering Aaron Rodgers hasn't wavered whatsoever I mean Aaron Rodgers 
has talked about wanting to play. It it was originally like late 30s, and now he's moved 40s. it to 40. But, I mean, you can always reevaluate because look at what some of the best quarterbacks well, just look in at this Tom generation are, look at- are saying. They're playing till 40. A lot of them fall off the cliff around 40, 41, except for Tom Brady. Yeah, he's starting that avocado one. ice cream. Once you eat avocado ice cream and sleep in like a hyperbolic chamber – and have a Brazilian supermodel as a wife, you can play till you're 43, going to be 44 coming up here. Uh, Rogers, yeah, you can reevaluate. Let's go to the phones quick. Up and try again. Well, if you need help, all you got to do, I think, literally I literally had you on hold for 20 seconds. I think I think the biggest thing, though, try again. with Aaron Rodgers, for me, it sounds like he's saying and doing everything in his power to want to come back and be in Green Bay, but it takes two, right? It takes two, baby. And... I think the last thing he could truly do if he really wanted to call their bluff is and to see if they really want him or not in the future is say, all right, if you're not going to go, go all in and uh, restructure me and we're going to redo this and run it back, trade me now. Why would I want to waste one more year? being a? Why would I want to waste one season where, again, we've made it to two straight NFC championship games. We haven't won. We've come up short. Yeah, Matt LaFleur kicking the field goal. We continuously don't draft for the now, but draft most of these picks for the future. We haven't added any big-time free agents that will help either me on defense or on offense. That's it. If you don't want to go all in, trade me now. So on the Pat McAfee show, Rodgers was talking about Jordan Love, and he said nothing has changed from when he made the comments about the Packers taking Jordan Love. Like, he hasn't heard from the Packers brass. It still seems like it's going to be Jordan Love's team coming up here. And he said, Rogers said on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, that said he played well enough that, quote, he may have thrown a wrench into some timelines that may have been thought about or desired. That's a total shot at Brian Gutekunst, Matt LaFleur, and the Packers brass. Yeah, that's a total 100%, shot. 100% because he knows that that's true. You we all know it's true. You wouldn't draft Jordan Love in the first round and not only just draft him in the first round, but trade up to get him in the first round because you were nervous that a trade day or a draft day rumor that the Colts might take a quarterback yeah, who, by worked. the way, already had Phillip Rivers on a one-year deal and Jacoby Brissett was still there. The, the Packers either screwed the pooch royally or they're going to have Jordan Love be their quarterback like next year. Exactly. They they either would have to admit they that this admit was which a, one. a total screw-up or that they really do like Jordan Love and he's going to be the quarterback of the future. And they thought that maybe Aaron Rodgers' best season was what he best seasons left was probably that 2019 version. Yeah, it was all behind him. And then all of a sudden he came in with that 2020 version and won MVP and it did throw a wrench in. Aaron Rodgers knows a lot of yeah. this. Oh, yeah. So, but so of does course Brian Gutekunst. We Matt all LaFleur. know this. Rodgers gave them the giant double birds for drafting Jordan Love. That's why, by I'm, an getting, MVP that's season. why I'm getting sick and tired of having to hear. Well, Aaron Rodgers has a little comment here, which we pretty much already know how he feels and where he's coming from. And Gutekunst and Mark Murphy really aren't saying a whole lot, or they don't want to comment on that, or they give you the well, you know quarterback go around the basic BS answer. But Mark Murphy you want won't to push answer it, it to the limit. Push it to the limit and see where they really feel about you. Tell them if you don't want to go all in with me, trade me now. Push it to the limit. Let's go to the phones. What would they do? Welcome Get rid of you, or else you start pouting, and we see the Mike McCarthy uh, Aaron Rodgers relationship with <laughs> Lafleur all again. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, it's Mark the Virgin. Hey, Mark, what's up, brother? 
you guys are uh, you guys are stirring up some bad memories here of the uh, the nut kick continuum that is Wisconsin sports. Mark, my ball still hurt uh, because of it. <laughs> I mean, the 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 answer should have been to that final Jeopardy. Uh, who is Jordan Love? And, uh, <laughs> to which Roger says, apparently my replacement. I hope I hope people keep doing that to Rogers, and it gives us like like the Packers brass squirm and over these comments and final Jeopardy segments. It so so we move up to take Jordan Love. We could have had him where we were at because nobody wanted him. Um, you take any wide receiver that was on the board. Who Rogers called for before the draft, by the way. What's that? Rogers said before the draft on, I, it might have been AJ Hawk's podcast, about how he wanted a skill position, preferably a wide receiver, like a week before the draft. Yeah, you had three guys to choose from, and they all they were all starters. You got Patrick, Patrick Queen. Um, I mean... You, you couldn't. Have, the only way you could screw that up worse is being the Bears and, and taking Trubisky. <laughs> uh, but here's what I want. Here's what I want Rodgers to do: play out your existing contract. You got a job lined up for you already when you get out. You want to retire a Packer? You can do that. You just got to retire early. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, the Jeopardy job. They're like, this is Rodgers' only chance at it. He'll never get it again. So he's got to jump on it. I, I don't care if he's a Jeopardy host And the thing or not. with that, Mark, is he might not even have Mark, the ability second. to finish his contract out yeah. with the Green Bay Packers because it is for three more years. And after this upcoming season, they could potentially get rid of him if they wanted to. I think it's personally 50-50. But in that third year, there's really nothing tying him to the Packers much longer. Well, well, how about this? The Packers come to Rodgers and say, okay, we'd like to talk to you about restructuring your contract. And Roger says, "Okay, shorten it. <laughs> you got me for one more year." God, they would. Oh my God! Well, I, mean, I think they would like that because they want to do Jordan Love. I get the vibe yeah, that they it's want like, Jordan it's Love. Like, I'll play along. They're, the only people that want Jordan Love is Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, and Matt Lafleur. That's exactly like. why I'd say trade me if you don't want to. If you only want me for this one year, get rid of me now because I'm not dealing with your BS and, and basically being used for one season. Yeah, it's. He he's got a he's got to play his hand here. It's it. I mean, if anybody can do it, it's Rogers. I think and, he kind of is with all these little comments on the Pat McAfee yeah. show, and then you got the Jeopardy comments. I think he's kind of well, out there just knows, poking the berries. I think he it. knows that he signed that contract when he was getting up there in age. Being that I'm going to play out this rest of the contract, it takes me through age forty. I don't know if I'm going to really one be able to play past then or two if i'm going to want to because i've already moved the goalpost once from mid 30s to 40 and i think i I think he just knows he's got about a three three year window maybe four and if i was him i would just basically give him give him an ultimatum i would call him out on their bluff say do it or don't crap or get off the pot i'd like to see him go on a go on some radio show and, and just say jordan love sucks Okay. Oh, I would love it. He, Aaron Rodgers has an open invite to do yeah, that. I was going to say, I feel like that's a great comment for our show. Yeah, he wouldn't do it on those yeah. other uh, those uh, hoity-toity suit and tie, kiss everyone's butt shows. Here, he could do it though, Mark. Yeah, it'd be like he can't even hold my jock. Come on, guys. Yeah. Mark, always a pleasure, man. Go enjoy a bloody marathon. All right, you guys have a good one. See you, buddy. There he is, Mark the Virgin. Let's go back to the phones, quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? <sighs> Patience is a virtue, my friend. Seriously, if I was Aaron Rodgers, I would go in because. Obviously, the Green Bay brass doesn't want him there. Or it's, it's kind of clear, or isn't it? Yeah, or they're beating around every single bush to do everything but 
That's the the vibe I get is the Packers mm-hmm. brass is literally doing everything in their power not to, to not to bow, not bring you know to bow down to Rodgers or or at least which Rodgers isn't the GM he's not the head coach or at I least tailor that. the roster or the team around Aaron Rodgers for a final three year run and you went to back to back Super Bowls or I'm sorry back to back NFC Championship games one game away from the Super Bowl and what you're doing is literally telling the MVP of the league now to go kick rocks. Yeah, and this that's the same thing, but this is where a lot of people in life fall short. You look at uh, Aaron Rodgers, pretty much since he put on a Packer uniform, has done nothing but play extremely well for the Green Bay Packers, and he rode he rode with the Packers for his entire he's career. He's been a company man. And now he's saying, I have a few years left at a high level. Ride with me now, and they're not. Rodgers has been a company man, and he's been, you know, along the ride the whole time, you know, smiling and saying all the right things. And now, after years and years and years of doing this, when have the Packers gone out to give Rodgers a legit win now chance instead of oh maybe down the road in the future? And that's I don't why they've never done it. That's why I wouldn't fault him if you're not if you're not seeing that you you're still playing obviously at a high level. You're coming off of you're an the MVP, MVP season. He looked like the Aaron Rodgers from 2010 to 2016 again, who was the best quarterback in football. Yeah. Obviously why he won the MVP. Look at his statistics. If if you're willing to ride for the franchise but they're not willing to ride for you, time to say time Good. to get the f out of here. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who is this? Hey, this is Bill. Hey Bill, what's up, brother? Just getting wet in cold rain. Hey, uh, well, give me the weather report. I don't really got a window to look out here in the studio. They stick me in the corner. What's it look out? Th- what's it looking like out there? I'll tell you what. I'm coming up MM right now from Oregon. Yeah. And I'm right on the border. To my right is gray, and to my left is blue skies. <laughs> Riding the storm out, REO Speedwagon. Let's go. There you go. Hey guys, I will tell you what. Do you 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 heard about this guy that the Packers are linked to from Oregon or whatever? Uh, you know, for, yeah. You know he's not a. They, they were calling him a defensive back. He's a safety. Oh, no, not this again. Why would they draft it? Why would they be linked to another safety? Are they going to have this Trump? grand experiment where they get a safety and then make him a cornerback? Well, you know what? If Trevor Lawrence drops to 29th or 30th, whatever our pick is, yeah. let's draft Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> but if they dra- in the first three rounds, if they draft a cornerback, a running back, or a safety, you are going to hear me scream. Um, and, Bill, where do, you, where, do you, where's, where do you live? What town, city? Are you Madison? I live in Cottage Grove. So I can hear you screaming from Cottage Grove if that happens on draft night? You will hear it on draft night. My <laughs> wife will throw me out. <laughs> Bill, it just, it just seems like they're just effing with the guy now. It just seems like they're just turning their back to him and say, like, all right. And, hey, something could happen. But right now, just everything signs point Bill, to Bill, would you say the opposite was with Brett Favre? Aaron Rodgers has done nothing to turn his back on the Packers, but Brett Favre was turning his back and then facing back around again and then turning around again, not knowing what he wanted to do. Nelson, I agree with you 100%. It's just I just can't, I just can't figure it out. I mean, I love them both, but it was two different attitudes. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I'm sure Rodgers has a bit of an attitude, but how are they putting their eggs in the basket of a guy who can't even be the backup quarterback as a rookie? I mean, it's very disheartening. What's, to, he gonna, what, what, what's his offense that he thinks Jordan Love can take it over? And it's not yeah. like the backup that was the second string backup at hey, the one time. One second, he'll click. I'll be right back was a Matt Flynn right, or another guy that went and got a contract and was a consistent, good, career-long backup. It was Tim Boyle. He just signed with the Lions. Yeah, Exactly. 
Anyways, I I wish I would quit thinking about this, but I just well we can't. It's like the, this is this is Wisconsin sports as Aaron Rodgers, and th- it's the biggest figure in Wisconsin, and they're just messing with him. I hope they surprise us all. I hope there's all this stuff Same. are jokes, and I hope that they come in and they like they get him a receiver. Bill, at the end and of the they, day, I hope I'm sitting back and be like, oh ha ha, I can't believe we overacted like that over the summer. Ha ha ha, that was funny. And now we have Rodgers linked up again. Let's go to the Super Bowl. I, just, I hope that's. I that. just don't think we're overreacting. I don't think we are either. Well, you know what it reminds me of? Remember we that Jordan special last year, and they and the, you oh, know, the last and, uh, dance. What, yes, and uh, what's his name from the Bulls was Tony Kukoc was going to take the throne. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and you know he wanted to break up the team, and it's like they're trying to do that. It's like they think they're smarter than the talent. Yeah, yeah. They're not giving the talent credit. Well, Bill, Anyways. go go ride that storm out, baby. See you guys later. Bye, See you, buddy. All right, welcome to the show. Who's this? This is Corey from Marshall. Can you hear me? Hey, Corey. Oh, my God. Corey, we're here live on air, brother. We did yep. it. I, I kept uh, calling in, and I kept getting hung up on it. I don't know if my phone was screwed up or the gremlins from the thunderstorm. It's uh, the gremlins. It's definitely problem. the gremlins in the system, Corey. That wasn't so awesome. Never, was very interesting combo here on Aaron Rodgers, and I was thinking about chatting with this on you guys, so I'm glad you guys brought it up today. And the caller just before brought up that Jordan special from last year. And I kind of thought the same thing when I'd heard one of the comments he made on that Pat McAfee show about being, like, at peace, quote-unquote, with everything. Yeah. And, like, kind of being philosophical here. I've been at that position before, too, where, like, you feel like somebody did you wrong. Yes. Like, in a job. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, boss, then, and a lot of people go through whatever. that, you know. Yeah. Right. And I just wonder, like, trying to parse what he says, and this is, like, doing, like, criminology from, like, the Cold War, but, like, trying to <laughs> understand, like, okay, he says he's at peace with everything, and, like, I wonder if he's, like, saying, okay, they drafted this guy, I shoved it up there, you know what, yeah. by going out and having MVP season. I'm okay with what I've put on paper for everybody, and I don't really don't care about, and it's very selfish of them, but, like, Kind of thinking like I really don't care if I come off being the bad guy here because well yeah Corey to your point I mean Rogers went out there and put on an MVP performance an epic performance and then in the biggest moment Matt Lafleur decides to kick a field goal taking the ball out of the MVP hands to get right. back to the Super Bowl for the first time since the 2010-2011 season and then before that they draft the quarterback and Jordan Love your replacement they're not getting any wide receivers who you've called for publicly before the season started to get some skill players and he's thinking to himself himself. Well, what what do I need to do to prove my allegiance to the Green Bay Packers when they've done nothing but turn their back on me? And, and so the line it reminded me of is when Jordan was talking about, I can't remember who it was, but like in that series they had against, I think, Charlotte, and the guy was like running his mouth, one of his former teammates, and Jordan's <laughs> yes. like, I took that personally, and he's just sitting there taking that baseball bat <laughs> and just grinding like that thing down to a stump, and he's just got a cigar. He's like, yep. Yep, I took okay. that personally. And I took that personally, and I feel like Rodgers kind of like thought that like he played the good soldier for the most part, like saying, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But I think like the guy holds a grudge, you know, and if you think about like a lot of these guys like Gouda Kunst and, you know, clown show Mark Murphy and Rodgers, <laughs> like, they all got in these positions by being a little bit kind of. Oh, you ha- you got to have a chip on your shoulder. You got to You have it. You and, have to have that attitude. Totally. And so like none of them are really going to just like say, yeah, OK, let's figure this out. Like, yeah, totally. 
that's just my opinion. And then before I let you guys go, one random factoid from last week when yeah. you guys were talking about Jimmy Leonard. Yeah. And about him growing up, he had to have been a Packers fan. Yeah. I remember actually back in, I think it was when he was still at UW, he was actually a Bears fan. No. Yes. Because no. his whole family is Packers fans, and he wanted no. to be the black sheep of the no. family and like no. be just. It's kind of like your brother's saying, we're just going to be Bears fans. Yeah, my, bro- my youngest brother's lost, a Bears fan just to despite us. Lost. That's exactly what it was. Oh, God. So there you go. Corey, that was awesome to get you finally double, on these airwaves. We kept out a double agent from the Packers. Honestly, so <laughs> that's why he, go. yeah, exactly. Danica right. was in there stinking it up too when she dated Rodgers. Thanks, Corey. <laughs> yeah, take her See easy. you, buddy. Bye. Corey always calls in um, during commercial breaks. I tell him one of these days he's got to get on. Here he is. All right, Roddy, this song is for you and Rodgers. Push it to the limit. Walk upon the razor's edge. Push it to the limit. Scarface soundtrack, baby. Digame. We'll be right back.